everyone, welcome to an assassin-tastic edition of ARG Presents. I'm the original death dealer, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who's simply known as the Grim Reaper, the grimy rapper, and the dapper yapper. I give you death incarnate himself, the Brent. Kill everyone. There it is, yes. Yes. Far too kind on this show, Aaron. It's time to lay down some lay down some true pain. Correct, sir. I, I like your attitude. Listen, only one man could have driven myself and the Brent into the brink of madness, and that man was Mitsuyama, because we spun the wheel last week. We made the deal. And as he directed, this ge- this week we will be covering BAM games that need to die. They yes. must die, Brent. Uh, you know, this was a real uh spicy topic this week games that need to die because this is not something you can just sit down and ponder uh and come up with something off the top of your head because there needs to be a lot of thought put into this doesn't there brand yes absolutely this Go isn't ahead. something that one game's like oh i mean if you've got a bad game right that that's fine you tried something it didn't work bad game move on mm. these are games that they just kept doing series that they just kept doing over and over and over more and more until you're like come on guys move on and that's what we're looking at this week you know this i will say this this uh category is open to interpretation uh because on the one hand you could just go out and pick out a horrible game okay and just say yeah this is no good and and, and i've got some honorable mentions i'm going to go over here in a second that i thought about but uh, it, the way we both ended up approaching it was not necessarily the game we're talking about deserves to die, but this game is representative of, of a franchise that deserves to die in this particular case. Absolutely. However, there are plenty of individual games that we could have put on this list. The I, When I approached this, and I'll be interested to hear how you uh, came at it, I approached it like, okay, uh, what game games or game genres really make me mad or upset <clears throat> and some of the ones i came up with uh over the from over the years uh, the first thing i thought about was uh microtransaction games yes. boy those things suck <clears throat> when they lock a lot of the uh a lot of the content up behind a, a paywall or have in-game currency stuff like that Ultimately, I decided against going that route because it's, it doesn't real. One of the good things about being a retro gamer, it doesn't necessarily, that doesn't happen all that often in the games we cover. Uh, uh, but it, it, it does happen, ironically, in the games that we ended up, well, the game I ended up going with. Uh, so, but that was one that I pondered. Did you, when you approached this, what was your reckoning? How did you uh, decide to go about it? I wanted to look at a series. That had overstayed its welcome. Yes. Uh, not something that was bad when it came out, right? But something that just couldn't get past that game or that your series. And something that I feel hurt the company as a whole because of it. And yeah. it's a very complicated thing. Like Sonic, I think, is one that people, a lot of people think of. Uh, Sonic, real fun in, in the uh, <clears throat> 8 and 16-bit era, and then it started to decline, and they tried to push it in new directions that I don't think necessarily Sonic needed to go, and they put them in a bunch of spinoff games, 
and, and that's fine. They were trying to evolve the the formula, but then they just kept doing it and kept doing it. At some point, you have to say, "Listen, this is tapped out. We have to just we have this history, right? That's awesome. We have to start making some new history now. Otherwise, we're just going to be in the same rut forever." And uh, someone in, in in chat mentioned Mario. Here's the brilliant thing Nintendo does. And I do agree, Mario's in way too much stuff, right? But at least Mario uh, and Nintendo with the Mario license takes Mario in different directions that work for him. Now, he's in way too many games. And, 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 and Mario games can certainly fit this topic. Because he's oversaturated. <clears throat> However, they at least evolve Mario games enough that they are new and innovative every once in a while. So yeah, I, 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 I'm okay with that. Uh, Pac-Man's another one that chat mentioned. He is so overused. And he's in places he shouldn't be. And that you're right. That Pac-Man is definitely another series that Namco just will not let go, will not just say, you know what, we uh, Pac-Man was awesome. He can still be the face of the company. I'm not saying anything even like that. But stop putting him in things that don't need him. It's that easy. Well, you know, the re listen, we can go back to one thing here. And this comes up again and again uh, when you look at some of these like long-running franchises is that they continue to sell well. And uh, uh, they they continue to like people buy Mario. Obviously, they buy tons of them. That's the lead. That's the money maker. People still buy Sonic, and I will say Sonic has had some sort of a renaissance over the last couple of years after uh, putting out a, a pretty decent uh, round of games. Uh, people buy things like The Sims. Uh, they've had multiple incarnations of The Sims. Some people love those games, uh, and they milk them to death. And they offer all sorts of additional content. You know, I mean, it's real to us. It sounds like real lame stuff, like new chairs or clothes. But to a lot of people that follow the series, it's a big deal. What? Uh, so you know that you know also Call of Duties and your and that sorts of stuff. These are long running series. You know, as long as they people keep shelling out the money, people are going to they're going to keep making them. You're right. You're right. And the fans are <sighs> somewhat to blame because they are willing to pay money for things that are, you know, they want their series to continue. I get that. There's a lot of series that I enjoy that have went to the wayside that if they brought out anything, I'd be excited for it and would probably buy it, right? Yeah. Uh, the Sims, a perfect example of that, how they just give you the most minute upgrades and charge you $20 for it. And people buy it because they want, it, you know, they're they just itching for anything to to add to their game. Yeah. So I understand that. And I, I'm not saying it's bad business. It's not bad business because they make money off of it. Uh, it's just unfortunate that a game is either taken out of its element or is the fans are milked so much that it, it just it stops being innovative. It stops growing the franchise. And I, in my opinion, when that happens, you got to stop. You got to step back. I'm not saying get rid of the character forever, uh, but you know, you don't have to put out something every year. Yeah. You don't have to put out something every year. It's just crazy. I, uh, 
um, before we move on to our particular games, there's a few honorable mentions I want to list uh, that were that almost came up in my listing, uh, and they're not just series. Some of these are just straight up games. And I wanted another angle that I took early on were games that why do they even exist? <clears throat> and a couple of those, and we I had them listed here. Uh, if you're watching the video. Uh, one of my all-time favorite pointless games was for the Atari 2600, the VCS, Rubik's Cube. It cost more to buy that game than to buy an actual Rubik's Cube, which I always <laughs> thought was always struck me as hilarious. One thing about the 2600, if it, any sort of game that you could possibly squeeze on a cartridge, they did. So that's yeah. another one on there was the uh, was Tic Tac Toe was another one of my uh, choices on the 2600. Because of how, just again, it's just sort of dopey. I mean, it was a little more advanced version, 3D tic-tac-toe. Uh, but it was something on my list. Another thing I almost put on the list was, and this was actually the front runner. But I'm sure, I figured, number one, people were sick of wrestling. And number two, that you, you didn't have the game. But the WWE uh, 21, which came out last year, uh, or a year before, I think late that year, uh, was the all uh, was just uh, unbelievably panned by critics for its all of its horrible glitches. Oh, it was a complete disaster. I got it cheap, and they went through. And I knew they would. They went through and fixed it. To where it's actually not bad now, but I mean, it was just released horribly. Uh, Battle Cruiser uh, was another one I thought about. This was another all-time horrible game that was released in a real buggy form and patched up after a lot of hype. Uh, it's another one I thought about. You know, I tried to leave my personal feelings out of my choices, but I could have easily put uh, like uh, games, like a game. Like, for example, we played an NES game the other night on stream, and it took 15 minutes to get to the game because of all the crap, all the opening crap you had to click through with all the stories and stuff. Those games that add on a bunch of story crap, those need to go too. And the NES was the worst at that. It would put a huge storyline that you couldn't skip at the beginning. Those that really cheeses me off too. Did you have any honorable mentions, uh, Brent, that you want to throw out now while the getting's good? Well, I, I've got one I want to talk to you about real quick. Okay. And, and this is not this is a game that I feel try or a a genre of game that I feel tried to do it right, but I don't think they ever improved upon their second outing, and that's Mech Warrior games. Now, okay. Mech Warrior games they took in two different directions. You've got your in the mech, you know, uh, control the robot, and you've got your top down strategic yeah. type games, right? Yeah. I think Mech Warrior is a series. It's been running for as long as both the games we're going to talk about today. Well, almost as long. Well, and just not nearly as many games. I mean, but they have... right, they only release games every five or six years. Yeah, and and part of that, I will fully admit, is that the uh, IP is not nearly as popular as some of the games that release every year. Okay. Yeah. I absolutely love MechWarrior games. Yeah. Absolutely love it. I've played the the online one. I, I've got some issues with it. I prefer uh, just a co-op MechWarrior game or even single player. I, that's how I prefer to play it. But I think MechWarriors are games done right. They they split off. They said, let's, you know, let's make it like the tabletop game, top down, have some control, but let's not, let's also play our, our to our strengths. You're in the mech, piloting in the mech. That's what everyone wants to do. 
in my opinion, that's a game done right. What do you think? So you're 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 saying this is not a game that deserves to die. No, you're, I think this is no, this I, is how you have a long running series and you do it right. I think gonna, that's an example of doing it right. I'm gonna agree with you there. I've played all the MechWare games up to four for certain. Okay. And now I will say they do have an online offering now that has microtransactions at the yin yang. Okay. It's one that's free to play, it's on Steam. Yeah. It's a good looking game, but the that may, that part makes it it's not it's the weakest of the bunch. Uh, that said, we've played Mercs, for example, online many times, and I played the heck out of MechWarrior one and two. And Dude, I will say yeah. yes, and and they they really they radically changed them, but but they don't radically change them. Yeah. Uh, so yes, that is I would I would agree with you on that one. That's a series where they actually uh, took their time. They didn't try to put one out every year, and they uh, and they succeeded for the most part in putting out unique. Uh, updated stuff without making it feel too samey. So, yes. Yeah. Okay, so I, I just wanted to have a benchmark of what we felt a good long-running series was. Something that shows it can be done, right? Yeah. So, now very, we're going to get into what we think does it wrong. Very good, very good. So, with all that said, uh, it was our task, tasked by Mitsuyama, uh, to pick two games that uh, deserve to die. Now, I'm gonna. I'm, I think I'm okay to say this about both games, Brent. Uh, the games we picked do not necessarily deserve to die. All right, this is not a burial, but we're getting somewhere here. This is more of a. Uh, uh, we're we're burying a series here, and so we had to start somewhere. I will lead the dance, Brent, if I may. Uh, this week, the game I picked, and I will say I thought about this long and hard before I picked one of these. I didn't just. This wasn't just off the cuff, uh, and so I'm going to go after. Bam, John Madden football. John yeah. Madden football. You know, when I was pondering how to play this uh, this uh, week's topic, one of the things I thought about were games that uh, were around or overstayed their welcome. All right? And the first game that popped into my head was Madden football. Now, full disclosure, I am a football fan. I am a John Madden fan, for that matter, the man. And I have, at times, been a fan of the Madden football franchise over the years, uh, mostly back in the day. Uh, but when I looked, when I got to looking uh, at the history of this franchise, I was really sort of appalled. And I want, I'm, I, there's an overall, ar overarching point I want to make about it, uh, and, and I'm, that, which is why we're here on Games That Deserve to Die. So, John Madden football... Brent, I was astounded when I was researching this to learn, and this is something else that sealed the deal, that the original John Madden football uh, was released uh, for DOS, which I knew about, but I did not know that it had a, a, a Commodore 64 release. I was real surprised to see that. I had no idea that it ever released a, uh, a Madden on the 64. And, of course, the Apple II release. These were the original releases, the Apple II being the premier release of this, <clears throat> uh, released June 1st. 1988, so quite a while back. I mean, obviously, the Apple II. And this would have been the very, very waning days of the Apple II. Now, the creation of the John Madden uh, game is a real... Uh, it's 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 very interesting. Uh, the game was designed uh, by uh, Trip Hawkins and Robin Antonick, okay? And, of course, John Madden had his two cents in there. Now, Trip Hawkins, a lot of people know his name... Uh, He's the founder of Electronic Arts, uh, what became EA, uh, and 
he has stated that he started EA with the sole purpose of creating a football game based on a dice uh, st- strategy game called a Statomatic uh, Football Simulation. Now, these Statomatic type games were very popular in, in the 60s and 70s and into the early 80s. In fact, even I had a wrestling game that was based on dice rolling uh, that was that was popular amongst a small circle of people. The uh, but the Statomatic games were around for a long time. And they are, they simulate baseball or football or whatever solely on statistics with a, a random chance element introduced to simulate the random chance that occurs at a game. All right. So if you think about this, EA, the big dog of video games, and it was the guy that started it, did it simply to make a football game based on a strategy game that you roll dice in. That's yeah. quite a, quite a, a bizarre if you think about it. So, uh, he had this in his head for a long time. In fact, he actually made, uh, he actually did simulations of this game on these huge, uh, I think they were PDP-11 mini-computers that were at Harvard when he was there. Of course, you couldn't actually use these anywhere, but he did, in fact, make a simulator. So, Tripp knew what he wanted. And so, uh, the company released a game that you've got to sort of talk about before you can really get into mad, which was called Earl Weaver Baseball. Uh, Earl Weaver was a, a Major League Baseball manager uh, at the time. He managed the Orioles. And what they did was they approached him uh, very similar to Madden. And this was a couple years before Madden. They said, listen, we want to make a baseball game and use your mind as the AI. And Earl Weaver agreed. And this ended up being one of the real pioneering games when it comes to sports. Uh, in fact, the two guys that made uh, Earl Weaver, Don Daglow and Eddie uh, Drombrowler, they were actually, I mean, Don Daglow is pretty famous. These guys were also worked on Major League Baseball on the Intellivision. They knew exactly what they were doing when they got with Earl Weaver. It's funny, I was reading just an off-the-cuff thing where it said that they would meet with Earl Weaver in his hotel room every couple weeks, and they would do it when he was in having away games, and they would fly to where he was at. And they said, listen, we're sorry we're taking up so much of your time. And Earl Weaver's kind of an old man saying, no, he goes, this is great. I've got nothing to do on the road but sit here in the hotel. So (laughs) So anyway, Earl Weaver did pretty well for them. It did very well and started a sort of a franchise of its own that continued on for a while. Uh, So once the Earl Weaver took off, they knew they could start working on this football game. So uh, Trip Hawkins uh, decided, okay, we need to get someone to do the AI like like, – we just had Earl Weaver. So we're gonna, I'm going to get my favorite player, Joe Montana. Joe Montana, the famous quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. He did not do it. He was actually working on a game for Atari at the time. So he said, no, I'm not interested. Then they went to get Joe Cap. Joe Cap was the Cal University coach at the time. He said he'd do it, but he wanted royalties. And they were like, no, you're not getting nothing. Now you just get paid. And so they finally talked to John Madden. John Madden was uh, the Ra- Oakland Raiders uh, Super Bowl coach. Uh, uh, for He actually played football, and then he went on to be a coach. He, co- he coached the Raiders to a Super Bowl and then ultimately became incredibly famous for being a, a color or a, a color commentator off Pat Summerall on NFL football games uh, forever and ever. I mean, he until just a few years ago, he was he was doing commentary. Heck, he may still show up now and again. I don't know. He also was famous for never wanting to fly because he was afraid to fly. So he drove a bus all over the country, which I always liked about John Madden. So they approached John Madden. They said, listen, we're going to make this football game. We want you to be the AI. John Madden agreed. 
but he said he wanted he the only reason John was interested is because he had given a he had taught a class at Cal Berkeley on f- football for fans, and he thought this uh, NFL football game might be a, a a good way teaching tool to get people interested in actual football. I mean, this is legit, by the way. It was he wasn't looking for money, and so they started grilling him about football, and they they would they would get together with him a lot, and they sort of like. They sort of thought he would help, but not be a huge deal, you know. And so after they signed him, uh, I think they paid him a hundred grand for, for the first game, and they worked with him. And he, what he did was, they weren't going to have an NFL players license. That means they couldn't use real players or teams. But what they did have was John Madden's Oakland Raiders playbook. So all the plays, <laughs> I think there's eighty some plays in the game. They're all based on his actual playbook that he used when he worked for the Oakland Raiders. So it's an NFL playbook. So they spent all kinds of time uh, waiting for him to, or going through this and building this game. So they got, they got it to where it was six on six football. They were like, John, what do you think of this? He was like, no, he's like, that's not going to do it. If it's not 11 on 11, don't put my name on it. He's like, this is a teaching tool. This isn't some kind of crap. They're like, we can't do 11 on 11 football. We don't have enough computer Jack. He's like, brother, get it. You know, I may spice up the language here, but yeah. And so they were like, oh. He's very adamant about that, yeah. Yeah, and so this game lingered around for a long time uh, trying to get made because, and it, that was part of it, because they were trying to pull a miracle out of their hat uh, to get 11 players on there. But uh, uh, Robin uh, and Tonic sat there and worked hard, good programmer, and it took three years, but they finally got this thing working. Uh, inside the AA, they, this game was known as Trips Folly. That's how uh, that's how big a flop they thought it was going to be. They also just assumed they would never recoup the money they paid Madden because they would never release the game. Get this. Here's a little known tidbit that no one really talks about. The original Madden was also farmed out partially to Bethesda who uh, uh. at the time. And Bethesda worked on it for a while. Eventually, Bethesda sued EA over the failure to publish uh, the game. And also, Bethesda had a football game called Gridiron, and they wouldn't publish that either. So Bethesda sued them uh, over that. There's, In fact, lawsuits are a part of this series. But finally, in 1988, after all that crap, uh, they released, bam, Madden Football uh, for the Apple. Now, let's get into the game proper here. Uh, Madden Football is uh, not really what you would expect uh, from the series now, uh, but there are little hints of what the series would become that still linger in this Apple II offering. By the way, I played this uh, particular game on the Apple II and the IBM DOS version this week. They're pretty similar. Uh, the opening screen has Don Madden, John Madden busting through the screen, looking horrific. If you've ever seen this before, it's sort of legendary. Yes. You know, this game also Nightmare features, fuel. yeah, it features digitized sound that's real uh, questionable. You know, like ah, that kind of stuff, but it's in there. You know, they do some sound. This game is a very, very deep game. It's not what you would expect from a game. I mean, people talk about the new games being complicated. They don't know jack squat about complicated. This game is complicated. Because you could see the, uh, you could see how it was birthed from a, a, stra- a strategy game that was based on stats. Because this thing is stat heavy. That this game requires the rule book. If you don't have it, you're boned. 
uh, because you're going to be calling plays out of it. And there, and there are so many elements to the game. I'm not going to get into too many because it's so it's such a deep game. But it's uh, everything in it is editable, printable. You can go through and use, it's got a, the ability to use this thing called the Madden chalkboard to make your own plays and save them and implement them and make your own playbooks. Uh, they did not have the NFL license for this, but what they did do and that was very clever when they went to add teams. They didn't add a ton of teams, but you've got a blue team and a red team. They're identical, so you can have what matchups that are even. Then you've got something called the All-Madden team, which that ended up becoming a thing later on, mm-hmm. where Madden picked all the great mm-hmm. athletes from the past, and then they basically simulated them in the game. There's also a team that's blank. You can just go through and put in whatever you want. Then there's a team based on Madden's Oakland Raiders that won the Super Bowl. And there's also a a, a, a a team based on the Chicago Bears of 85, which are real popular at the time. They were Super Bowl winners. There was also a team based on the San Francisco 49ers called the Vice Squad. All these teams were, or, or the Aiders, excuse me, all these teams were like, basically, they were simulating NFL teams, but they couldn't use their names or the team's names. But, I mean, it doesn't take much imagination to look through the thing here and figure out what's going on. Um, this would be one or two uh, players, you not only did it give you the ability to uh, simulate different weather conditions, uh, you, you got the ability to coach or play. One of the things that Madden's sort of famous for is if you put your joystick down, it just sort of plays itself. Yeah, uh, and that's this game did that as well. If you didn't want to play it, if you didn't want to run a play, you could just put your joystick down, and the computer would play it. The only time it ever uh, did anything with uh, only time you know that you would be in control is if you move the joystick and it's in the do- it's in the documentation like listen if you don't feel comfortable playing this just let the computer do it you know and the computer does what it does um when you go to put your plays in on this you will be on a screen that allows you to pick the play and then it'll show you uh the lineups now the lineups this are represented by actual player position numbers and you <laughs> so you have to sort of know your player's number the player, if you're not an NFL fan, and I'm sure a lot of you aren't, there are set numbers that only that certain positions can have, right? So, like your quarterback isn't going to be 79, and your kicker or your uh, your linebacker is not going to be 01, for example, or 11, because that's right. a quarterback. So, if you're really hardcore into football, you'll I guess you'll have these numbers memorized. I don't have them memorized, but I mean, some people probably do. Uh, this game featured. Uh, stuff like slow mo replays where you can skip through the plays, uh, like with a space bar, like in frame by frame, which ironically is not a whole lot slower than the actual game, because in putting in this eleven on eleven game, what you do have here is an incredibly slow, jumpy game. Yeah, it's uh, very it's, methodic. <laughs> it is, and it's a game that really begs to be played strategically as opposed to as an arcade style game. Now. Again, you have the ability to pick up the joystick, control players, control passing, uh, receivers, but it is not easy. I tried this on two different systems and just had all kinds of trouble controlling the players uh, with any great effectiveness. And ultimately, I just I sort of went the strategy route and just tried to play it that way. But I mean, it's real slow. Uh, I mean, it's it's very very painfully slow. Uh, you can also tweak the computer uh, difficulty level. I mean, everything in this is tweakable. It's quite remarkable, really. As I look through the rule book here, I mean, you've got uh, d- tons and tons of plays. I want to thank Buck Owens, by the way, for sending this over to me, uh, the playbook. Because without the playbook, you're pretty much boned uh, on this game. you gotta, you got to have it. So anyway, they released this game 
and it does okay. Okay, it does okay. And so uh, they thought, well, this was successful enough. Uh, maybe we'll make another one. All right. So flashing back to Earl Weaver, Earl Weaver's baseball had introduced the thing called data discs. And data discs were released uh, up until 91. So, you know, they got, you know, four years of data discs. And what they would be would be an updated roster to simu- so you could simulate that year's game. So they had to type all that data in. And there may be some minor bug tweaks or some additional graphics that might get added. But for the most part, it was just the stat disc. These things would usually cost maybe five bucks, maybe ten bucks, pretty cheap. And that and that's all they were. And it was a pretty good way forward because it gave Earl Weaver a lot of longevity in there. I mean, that was a long-standing game. Absolutely. So, so and I always thought that was a good idea. Uh, well, the Madden franchise didn't go that way. Uh, they ended up going in a whole different direction. The direction they decided to go was to go down the road of yearly releases. Now, and this is sort of why this game is here, if truth be told. Um, the, I looked on the list here. I went and found a list of Madden games that have been released over the years. Okay, uh, Madden has released a g- new game for at least one system. Okay, I don't. And I say EA under the Madden name. They released a new game on at least one system every year since 1990. So there was, yeah. this game came out in 88. There was a one-year gap where no game was released. That's why I picked this one, by the way, because that was the year that they made the fatal decision to release a game every year. So think about that. Starting in 1990, which that's 31 years of releasing brand new games. That means there are at least 31 Madden titles out there. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, uh, you know, Madden's uh, only numbered at 22. Uh, clearly, they were they released before. Since they were released in the 90s, those no, those games are, don't fall under the the numbering of the year that it is now. So, And the first couple of games were Madden and Madden 2 before they started numbering them by the year. And at that point, you knew what they were going to do. Normally, they'll release these things for multiple – well, back in the day, they used to release it for multiple systems. But you've got to sit, wrap your head around the fact that they've released 31 uh, different incarnations of this game, which that is ludicrous. And what you do when you do that is, you when you start programming a game, knowing ahead of time that you're going to be making another version in another year, what it tends to happen is you don't you don't necessarily put your full effort into the game, if you know what I mean. And that's what and that's effectively what happens every year. And so ultimately, you get a lot of retread games uh, that don't really improve on that much. Uh, and the, you know, you would one would think that as a fan, uh, you would see through this. Well, football fans are notoriously uh, in love with their sport in the United States, and this game has continued to sell. And so that is sort of why you can't you can't actually get on them for too much because they make the money, you know. Uh, the uh, the the one that was just released, for example, uh, it was released uh, just past year and was panned by critics who didn't like the game. Okay, they said it was horrible, and they they said it was compared to last year's game, it was no good. Well, uh, all that said, sales were up twenty percent. Okay, yeah. so fans didn't like it, critics didn't like it, and 
still, it's the game has sold more than it previously did. So there you go. Uh, one last thing I want to touch on here uh, is in 2011, uh, Rob and, and Tonic sued EA uh, for breaching a development contract. He signed the 1986 that entitled him to royalties on derivative versions of the Madden game. Now think about the logistics of that. Here's a guy who says he's not getting paid royalties on the number one franchise in gaming history. All right, and we know he did program the original game. And so this went to court, and in 2013, uh, he won a, a verdict for $11 million, which I think that's a very low figure. Uh, and uh, he, uh, unfortunately, the Ninth Circuit uh, uh, Court of Appeals overturned it, and he got nothing. And I'm sure EA marched out a, a cavalcade of lawyers. That was their bag uh, to do that sort of thing. We should also mention that EA decided uh, in 2004 that they would just eliminate anyone else that would make a football game. And so they've signed exclusive rights with the NFL for $18 billion. So their competitor, 2K Sports, could not make their football game with real players. Uh, this was at a time when the NFL gaming license was still in limbo, available to both sides. And it, uh, 2K Sports had actually started whooping uh, Madden uh, on the Dreamcast, for example, and released a couple really well-received sports titles. So EA, aside from the fact that they kept this franchise going for all these years, have also been vindictive. They've also been... Uh, they also screwed over people. They screwed over the fans. They screwed over other companies. Uh, these are all my arguments, Brent, on why this game and this franchise deserves to die. Your thoughts? And I could add to that something you didn't mention <clears throat> in Please. the beginning. Uh, in the in the uh, two thousand seven two thousand eight era, they actually did work to make these games better. And they added in a bunch of features that everyone loved. Make your own team, make your own stadium, make your own trophies, crap like that. And then they they were like, oh crap. If we keep doing this, we're eventually going to run out of places to go. And they actually removed features from uh, games that came after that. They removed features that were already in the game that were highly popular and did not include them in future releases. That is that is a perfect sign of a company that is like, you know what? We, we've got to we've got to keep this money train rolling, and to do that, we've got to scale back what we currently have. And they added in all these microtransactions where you buy a pack of digital cards, and then you use those digital cards to put together a team. Uh, it's something that is most popular in the FIFA, <clears throat> the soccer series. But Madden does it as well now. And it is just nickel and diming these people <clears throat> who it's just ridiculous the amount of money they make off these little microtransactions. Yeah. If they would give the game away for free and then had those microtransactions, I would actually be okay with it. If they released a, the full game, said, here you go, but if you want to explore this card aspect to make these super teams, you've got to buy, you've got to make your transaction. I'd be okay with that. But when you pay for a $60 game and you then get nickel and dimed over and over and over 
if you want to explore that part of gaming, it's just ridiculous. That's I've got a big problem with companies double dipping. If you want to make a free to play game that's full of microtransactions, fine. If you want to release a 60, 70, even $80 game that is complete, fine. If you want to do DLCs later that are full, actual DLCs, I'm not talking about costume upgrades and crap like that. I don't have a problem with DLCs if they're actually adding to the game. But that's not what Madden did. Madden released a full, in the modern era, they re- released these full price games and then choke them full of microtransactions. Yeah, it's just appalling, and I 100% agree. Madden hasn't been innovative for years now. Uh, it's gotten to the point where I don't even play football games, and it was football games were something I used to really enjoy, but now they are just the same old, same old. I can play uh, the 2008 version of Madden, even with the old rosters, and have just as much fun. I can go back and play Techno Bowl on the Nintendo, have just as much fun. I can play uh, Retro Bowl on my phone and have just as much fun. I don't need Madden as a game series anymore. They've been replaced for me. And I think the only reason why they keep rolling, they, they keep the money train chugging, are people are programmed, they've been conditioned, that a new Madden game's out, coming out. If I want to play with people online... I have to get this new Madden game because everybody else is switching. And when that happens, you your development teams gets lazy. Your publishers get lazy. They just keep spitting out the same game year after year. Slap a new number on it. Put some new names on. That's it. I hate it. I hate it. To put it in perspective, and I think this answer... First of all, one of the reasons I picked Madden it was because it, it, it like embodied all the stuff I didn't like from other series. like it, Including the microtransactions in there, the, the, the having it come out every year, the annual sales. But, with all that said, uh, this game has gone on record. And the series has sold, at, at the bare minimum, the series has sold over 250 million games. Yeah. All right? It's at, at, at full price every year. You can see, listen, you may want the series to die. You may beg for its death, but this sucker ain't dying anytime soon. I'm sad to say, uh, the Brent. Um, we did get uh, uh, some looks uh, in the uh, in the Discord area here. Uh, our good buddy, Pajaco, just simply said, I tried to play Madden, but I couldn't get my head around the game, and the crowd noise was terrifying. So no review this week on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He was the only one that gave it a shot. I think Buck also has played this before, considering he's the one that gave me the discs and the uh, uh, the actual rule book. It's funny. It did strike me how uh, complicated a game this was on, for, on such a simple platform and how it grew to be complicated in a whole different way. Uh, a game that will just will be, as sure as I'm sitting here, It'll outlast us both, Brent, because they'll keep churning these things out as long as the fans keep laying down their money. A That's sad it. truth uh, in this business. So, that was John Madden Football. I don't recommend trying this one uh, if you uh, no, value no, your I mean, time. If, you, if you're dying to play a Madden game, get one of the middle middle year ones. Uh, play it, enjoy it. This particular one, one was a nightmare, and the, the sounds were horrible. Uh, and it was way overly complicated, and you have to have the manual. I should also mention that Buck also sent me over an auction for this game, the original Apple II version, 
someone was asking $50,000 for this wow. game. So get out your checkbook, fans. <laughs> there you go. Now, the Brent. Uh, it's time for you to step up with the sniper rifle. Who's in your sights this week? I'll tell you, Aaron. I went for a much more controversial uh, series. And I am going to take, be taking a look at Team 17's Worms. Oh, controversial. Controversial. And, and just for those that don't know, uh, I'd like to touch on what Worms is uh, first. And we're going to be taking a look at the very first Worms game, right? Team 17 was released in 1995 for the Amiga. And it is a uh, cartoony take on an old 2D classic called Artillery. Uh, you have a team of four Worms who battle it out on a uh, randomly generated landscape. With some caveats, you know, it's not just blocks and bloops everywhere. It, it follows a some sort of set pattern. And you take your team of worms and fire artillery and grenades and shotguns and dragon ball uh, fireballs and, and dragon punches and all these fun things to try to destroy the other team of worms. And like I said, this was released in 95. It was originally for the Amiga, but it did make it onto the Amiga, the uh, the CD32, the Apple Mac, DOS, Mega Drive, Jaguar, PlayStation, Saturn, Super Nintendo, Game Boy, and there was a Virtual Boy version in the works, but it did get canceled. So that Man, is I'd all... love to have seen that. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, lie. Yeah. How would that have worked? They, they would have had to have went down the 3D road on that one. Now, that is all of the systems that the original Worms was released on. Uh, I think we can both agree Worms was a tremendously fun game. Uh, it lets you, it has all these uh, fun voices that go along with the Worms. The graphics are these, uh, you know, they're not highly detailed, but they are very colorful and they allow uh, all these remember when I did this moment, you know, you, you shoot a bazooka shot in the wind and it catches in the wind. It actually flies behind you and hits your target. Or, uh, you pull out some of the wacky, uh, weapons like the, the, uh, uh, banana bombs or the sheeps. And you're, you're doing that kind of thing and you're having a good time. And it's just crazy fun to set around one computer and everyone, when it's their turn, they kind of set up, walk up to the, the keyboard and, and mouse, and they program in their moves, and they shoot it off, and then the next person hot seats in. Worms, great game. I think we can both agree with that. Aaron, do you have any thoughts or comments on the very first Worms game? Uh, I the first Worms game is a triumph. It's funny. Uh, we did this on the show long ago. And on Amigos. And I remember researching this because the fellow that ended up programming this, I believe he used Blitz Basic on it, and he shopped this around. Yes. And uh, uh, not to steal your thud, I don't know if you're going to go into that, but he shopped it around before he ultimately got Team 17 on board and who went yeah, through that, it and put it the through the machine. The person you're speaking about is Andy Davidson. Yes, correct. And uh, so what resulted here, it's funny that when Team 17 made the move to give this kid a chance 
they effectively ensured their existence for decades. So this, but <laughs> Team Seventeen openly admits that worms saved their company. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they they when uh, Andy Davison first made Worms, he didn't make it to be a commercial game. He took lemming sprites and made the game out of lemmings and played it with his buddies. And his buddies loved it and actually pushed him and said, listen, let's let the you should try to get this done. This is a ton of fun. And of course he knew that he would never be able to get the rights to put lemmings in his game. So when he and Team 17 finally sat down and hammered out an agreement, which by the way, Team 17 saw this and immediately offered him a, a, a money on the spot to come and make this game and work together with them. There was no, oh, let's think about it. There was no jerking them around. It was instant. Bam, let's do it. So they knew that this was something that was going to be fun. They had fun doing it and uh, was going to make them some money. So I think, like we said, we can both agree, Worms, fun sound, Fun cutscenes, fun weapons. Yeah. You knew when this came out, <clears throat> and when it did come out, it, it did very well. Yeah. And you knew that there was going to be a sequel. Yeah. And the sequel for that was Worms Reinforcements. And that was basically, it's almost like it was a, a, a DLC, by a 95 version of a DLC, added more weapons, added some uh, uh, arenas, that sort of thing. And you could tell the direction that they were starting to push uh, the Worms titles. And then in 1996, and we're not going to go through all of these, but I, I, I want to go to at least 97. 96, they said, man, re this Worms reinforcement's really good. We're going to package that with the original Worms game. That's our 96 release. And then in Worms... In 97, they did Worms Director's Cut. And that is kind of what most people find as the definitive edition of the first generation of Worm games. Uh, it, it did a lot of polish, added a lot more weapons, added more terrain types. And all these terrain types are editable. Uh, it really expanded the game. So kudos for that. They really went on. Here's my problem, Aaron, with the Worm series. How many Worms-related titles do you think were released between 1995 and 2020? Oh, man. Well, I, you know, as a Steam member, I got in on one of those Worms packs. Now, I know uh -huh. it, didn't it didn't have everything, but it did have a lot of Worms games. So I'm going to guess between 1990 when? 1995 when they started. Oh, boy. And, and 2020. Uh, 15? And, well, you're close, but here's the embarrassing truth. Oh. They released as many games as Madden did what? through its entire <laughs> lifespan. Okay. 30 <laughs> games. So I wasn't close at all. <laughs> 30 games. Holy These smokes. These are 30 released titles, as in, <laughs> as in they have their own skew, their own... And this is including some of the spinoff games like Worms Pinball and Worms Golf. Yeah. 
but they've had 30 games. They have put games all through 31 different platforms. They have released on everything from the Amiga to the Apple up to the uh, 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 Xbox One, the Switch, everything in between. Here's the absolute problem with that. There's two problems. I'm going to get into the minor one first. When you have that many games across that many platforms in the modern era. Now, back in the past, everyone just sat around their computers, played worms together, good old times. However, now we're an online world. You play these games. You want to just sit down, hit find a match. You're good to go. Everyone has different worm versions across different platforms. You can't find games. There is no going out and just playing with people because everyone's playing a different version. Yeah, now, you're not are, wrong. I thought about <clears> there, that, are, there are some games that kind of stick out. Uh, Worms WMD uh, is, is a very popular one. Worms Armageddon is another very popular one. But the problem is, which one are you playing? Worms Armageddon? Worms World Party? Armageddon 2? Yeah, Reloaded. World Party. World Party was the one I played the most of on the Dreamcast. And I had a PC version. But, you know, you bring up a good point there. And I never thought about it. It isn't, unless you pre, if you decide to go in and game with people, it is, I, that is a problem when you have all those different franchises hanging out there. Yeah, and it, it it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous that they keep releasing. They could have, instead, instead of releasing all these new SKUs, all they had to do was say, here's the worm game we're going to be playing for the next three, five years, okay? Everyone buy into this. That way, everyone's got someone to play with. We're good to go. Uh, you know, one game that rules all the platforms, and, and that's how you. that's how this type of game should be done. But they didn't do that. They just kept releasing SKU after SKU. Uh, and their spinoff games, I want to touch on real quick. They had Pinball, which was... I didn't like I, that one. Dumb. It, I didn't not like that, it. Not that Worms Pinball was a bad game. It was an okay pinball machine. Yeah. But it was literally using the name to sell uh, your pinball simulator. Oh, Don't yeah. do that. I didn't think it was that good a pinball game either, but that's just me. Then you have Worms Blast. Which is this odd uh, bust and move puzzle game? Yeah, uh, I didn't like that either. Then you have Worms Golf. I like that. I will <laughs> say I do enjoy that one. Uh, not my thing, but you know, at Me least the boy it did play have it. worms in it, and it had yeah. the characters of worms. Um, then you got Worms Crazy Golf, and the most recent release of Worms, Worms Rumble in 2020. They've completely changed everything now it's not a turn-based combat game now it's a run a 2d run and gun game uh i've not with, seen that one i have to say it, it's it's a very new release in fact it it's either just come out for switch or it's going to be coming out this month i can't remember which uh but it's more of a battle royal uh run and gun game that features different worms how odd not my thing i i I don't know why they don't just 
spin this off into a new franchise. I know they think that the Worms name sells, and it does, I'm sure, to some regard. Um, but I think Team 17 is a strong enough uh, development crew that having their name on something gives their game a little bit of legitimacy. Do they do now, anything else but Worms games? <laughs> yes, yes. In fact, they've they've just recently celebrated their 100th game. But you do have to remember 30, uh, 30 of those were Worm titles. So over a third of their library is Worm titles. Now, Aaron, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. How many games do you think overall has uh, Worms have sold? You mean all the, the whole franchise? The whole, over all platforms, over all SKUs, how many do you think they're up to? So I'm going to assume that since the Madden guys sold 250 million games, that, yeah. that Worms has sold substantially less. So I'm going to say uh, 20 million. Less than that, even. Really? They have sold 6 million uh, copies of Worms. That's over all the releases on all the different. Huh. So not that yeah. many, then. Not as many as I would have anticipated. And, and for Team 17, they're, they're a smaller development crew, you know, and, and they do do publishing as well. Uh, it, it's by far their largest selling game. Or franchise. Here is my biggest problem with all of this. And it's something that you don't think about, but when one of these smaller developers latch onto something and have something like Worms, where they know they can put a Worms game out and they know they can make a little bit of money and they're so familiar with the IP, it takes a look, doesn't take a ton of effort, I mean, over making a new IP. Obviously, these games all take effort. Um, and they Worms has innovated their games, but they only innovate about every five years uh, to make really big leaps. But here's the problem. Team 17 was working on a game called Witchwood. Way back when. This is back in 95. Yeah, I remember when, hearing about that. When Worms was, was just released and getting hot. They completely abandoned Witchwood. Which I've seen some footage of it. Uh, a demo of it. It looks like it would have been awesome. And they completely abandoned it. And never went back to it. Because of the success of Worms. So. Since they have kept this franchise running. They have actually hamstrung themselves from growing other IPs because they are so you know, addicted to the, I don't want to say easy money, but that concept of easy money from releasing Worms franchises in the Worm franchise. That's so devastating to me. Uh, to know that some games that some people have worked really hard on have really pushed and they're never going to see the light of day because they said, man, we've got this Worms thing and it's really working well for us. We're not going to push outside of our comfort zone because what if Witchwood is a failure? You know, we don't want to, we've got a winner here. Let's just keep doing this. Devastating. That is devastating to me to know that some of these games are never going to see the light of day because developers and publishers have gotten comfortable in what they're doing. And for that reason alone, I wish the Worm series would go away so Team 17 can start broadening their horizon and really look at some other IPs and other ideas. Wow. Well, 
if I may chime in. Absolutely. Uh, you know I love me some worms. I love worms. I love, like I said, Wor Worms World Party was my bag. But I've got uh, worms on the uh, uh, on Steam. I like the newer incarnations. And they it took years and years, but they finally got the 3D worms right, and which was because there was a lot of those that were horrible. In fact, when the series went to 3D, it was pretty much universally hated. It took them a long time to get it right. Uh, I will say that it makes me happy that Team 17 is still around after all these years because I'm an old Amiga guy, and uh, I think we're all waiting for them to uh, breathe new life into the Body Blows franchise, Brent, <laughs> complete with Ninja in the lead role. Ninja! Uh, but uh, they did a lot of good stuff back in the day uh, that I really enjoyed, and I have enjoyed Worms. I've been I've been a guest star. I've, I've, I've occasionally... Dropped in on the Worms franchise as it's went over the years. Some of the spinoff games, like I said, I really liked Worm Golf. Me and the boy played. I haven't played Crazy Golf. That might be kind of fun. Uh, you know, this is a tough call because I can see where you're coming from. They have released far too many of these. They really, I will say, they didn't reinvent the wheel for the most part until they went into 3D. Otherwise, they stayed the same. The new game you're talking about almost sounds like a Fortnite or something, which is bizarre well, to me. It's a 2D it's 3D graphics, but from the 2D, you know, side plane perspective, like you would find in most worm games. Yeah. And here's the devastating part about it, uh, is they Team 17 has finally. Well, I mean, this isn't their first time, but it has microtransactions. Yeah. It has different well, costumes doesn't? you can buy for the worms to dress them up. Yeah. Uh, you know, weird, but uh, you know, eh, what are you gonna do? That's not that doesn't bother me too much. But at the end of the day. I can see your point. I'm not going to fully jump on board with this one uh, because I have a little more uh, warm and fuzzies for Team 17 and what they've put out, published, and developed over the years. Uh, but I think you make a valid a valid call to a certain degree. Um, you know, we did get some action on this, Brent, if you'll allow me to look over these uh, Discord reviews here. Absolutely. Um, Pajaco chimed in... Uh, uh, it's been a while since I went back and played the original, and I have to say that it was stark compared to modern versions. That's true. But it was still fun to play, and I think I could get back into it this quickly with a few friends around. For me, the Worm series hit its peak with Worms Armageddon, but even something like the more modern Worms Rumble is a pretty good extension of the series. I first played Worms with my university roommate on his 46 PC, taking turns, to blow the living daylight out of each other was great fun. Watching him lose his cool when he was getting whipped was awesome. That is one of the great aspects of Worms. So yes, compared to more modern versions, it isn't as good and missing some of the classic weapons and moves, but it does this, but does it deserve to die? No. This game gave me hours of fun and good times 9 out of 10. Uh, Dave Velociraptor writes, uh, This game deserves to die. They got it nearly right uh, first around, and they polished it by WMD. It should have stopped there, but they've kicked the arse out of it for years, time and time again, and it cheapens it. There's even a Worms video slot gambling game. 9 out of 10 for everything up to WMD. 3 out of 10 for the modern milkings of the long, dry cow. Well worded, Dave. Uh, our own John Bodokar Schaller writes, uh, this was one of the first games I acquired through nefarious means through the internet on my Pentium 1 PC in the late 90s. At the time, I'd only been familiar with one 
one-on-one tank artillery type games, and the humor and variety of the worms blew me away. The last Worms game I played heavily was on the Xbox 360 and had fun playing through Xbox Live with people all over the world. But Worms Pinball, Worms Golf, all this stuff needs to die. Lord of Soup chimes in as well. Uh, love the original. Never got on with the later ones. 8 out of 10. 3D Worms is the pits. 2 out of 10. So that's a, that's a burial right there uh, from our good buddy Soup. Now, uh, I, I would I would be interested to see uh, anyone's comments on these two games, these long-running franchises. Uh, if you are listening to this or watching, please uh, comment below. Let us know what you think. Uh, do these game franchises deserve to die? And what games do deserve to die? Uh, I would be interested in hearing uh, your uh, comments on this one. I will say, of all the shows we've done, The Brent, this one was the hardest for me to come up with a game. It's the darndest thing because by default, I'm normally a nice, peaceful, skipping through the daisies type. And I don't like necessarily to have things be killed. Uh, so it was hard for me to put one out. Even a game like Madden was difficult for me to put on the chop. Uh, but I'd be interested to see what other people think about the uh, in, in this sort of affair. Yeah, but- I, I, I would actually like to see some comments on this. And, and don't judge me too harshly for picking on worms. Uh, uh, I've had a ton of fun playing it. It just kills me that it stifled some other innovation. I will say, I've played Worms with Brent many times. We've had many heated battles. You know what doesn't deserve to die, Brent? Us? And the wheel. Bam. Okay, so this week... I think the wheel will decide that. This week, Brent, we've added a couple pieces here. Uh, In fact, this one on a suggestion from you... Ohio Scientific Challenger. I don't know what that is. And then our Retro Rewind piece this week, the quirky, fun ColecoVision brand. The ColecoVision. We covered that one, but it was a long time ago. So we're going to put that one back up. What do you have? You have a thought this week on this one? I really don't. I think we're going to get something uh, tough. All right. Here we go. Bam! Round and round she goes, and the winner is... Okay, this is a 2 out of 10 or less. This was a piece we covered way back on the Thanks for Giving Marathon, and we put those back on the wheel to do a proper show on them, and it was a suggestion from our good friend, Graham W. Vebke. So, Brent, next week, well, we're going from the... (laughs) We're really jumping into it here. These are games that scored... Two out of ten or less, which basically means they're crap. Crap Absolute games. Absolute garbage games. I've got a, uh, I've got a challenge here for you, if you'll accept it. When I saw this come on the wheel the other night, I thought about it. All right. These are games that were r- widely panned, okay? I challenge you to find games that were widely panned that you can put up a fight for and say, hey, this is actually a good game. What okay. do you think? Yeah, yeah. So these are games that were panned. But we're gonna we're gonna stand up for them. It's the exact opposite of this week. <laughs> Just stand up for these games. Should be a lot of fun. That was games that received two out of ten or less from our good buddy Graham W. Vefke. Well, Brent, do you have any uh, do you have any final thoughts here you want to go into before we take this thing to the house? I do. I want to say a special hello to Air Shack, who Air is Shack. our. That's that's right. Uh, he is our latest Patreon member who didn't quite make it into the credits this week because we we got his uh, support 
so late into the day yesterday. Plus the bridge uh, laziness. Actually Friday, I should say. Uh, apparently, he is working on some games of his own in assembly uh, in the, the from the uh, from <laughs> 2020. He produced Escape from North Korea for the TI 99 slash A4. Wow! And he is currently <laughs> working on Crazy Uber. Cra- also crazy for the TI 99. Crazy Uber. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) if if you are looking for some TI-99 goodness, uh, I highly recommend taking a look at Air Shack's uh, games. Uh, Like I said, the escape from North Korea is done, and he is currently working on Crazy Uber. Games I have not taken a look at myself, but I'm certainly going to give a peek to. (laughs) you got to give him credit for the name, if anything else. Crazy. Crazy Uber, <laughs> hilarious name. I want to do a quick shout out uh, to our good buddy Paul Kitching. Uh, Paul, and and I'm going to have more details, and we're even going to show some video of this next week. Paul went out. He watched an episode we did uh, where Brent played a game. Uh, I, I can't. Rec- I'm trying to think of the name of that game we played. Brent, uh, it was on. It was a. Uh, uh, it was a very old game. Uh, Paul went out. Oh, here it is. Uh, so. Uh, it was called Gulp. Do you remember playing Gulp? Absolutely. I yeah. loved Gulp. You hated Gulp. Yeah. Well, Paul is a man of action. Okay? He's not a man of just sitting around like you. He gets busy. And so he went out and made his own game. An improved version of Gulp. As I recall, Gulp wasn't even a real game. I think that was the controversy behind that. It was just, a, uh, I don't know what that was. It was something that's never ended. Paul, it was fun, but unfinished. Yeah, well, and this... Paul made it awesome. Paul went to Absolutely work. Absolutely awesome. And he has actually put together a game called Gulpy, which is a, a a loving tribute to Gulp, and even has a version that includes us in the game, and, and yes. various, which is awesome. Uh, and so, as soon as I f- get all the, the download particulars ironed out, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll link this thing up. We'll put it up in the Discord. And we even have a little look at it, Brent, in a future episode because I played it, and so did you, and we thought Absolutely. it was pretty good. It's a tremendous, it's a tremendous, it's a tremendous improvement from Gulp, which was garbage. This is a game, so big, big thumbs up to our good buddy Paul. Thank you, Paul, for getting at it and using your expertise to put something fun together based on something entirely not fun. So good job. Uh, yeah, sorry, Brent. Gulpy, Gulp sucked. Gulpy rules. Okay, bro, let's take this thing to the house. Last words before we go home? Uh, nope, just that we all know these games need to die. There you go. Next week? Wow! He literally exploded, folks. <laughs> Next week, games 2 out of 10. On behalf of my 2 out of 10 co-host, this is Amigo Aaron. Have a good week. Oh, thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. We want to say a special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector-style graphic and BarkBit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents, just like these fine folks. C9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalgy, James Shackle, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, Orom, Super Tech Boy, Dave Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Graham, W, Betkey, Dave Velociraptor, Bernhard Lucas, Steve Rathmussen, 
Anthony Jarvis, Pachaco6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Flack, O'Hara, Jason Warrens, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo Vanell, The Slow Norris, John Schaller, Terry Heather, oh Terry Howard, All of Hope, and Rolo! Supporters get access to the Discord channel and their names caught out in the credits. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can leave us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Send it to us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT. We hope to see you there.